Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Mark and Sarah talk about songs. They talk, talk, talk about, talk about songs. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs, episode 116. Our theme song was by Andrew Byrne, and Andrew Byrne's husband, Mark Blankenship, joins me, as always, in the host chair today. Hello, Mark. Hello! I'm in Mary Poppins 3! Oh, God. <laughs> I, I can't imagine what has brought Teddy Ruxpin uh, once again to the How did you know it was me? I was trying to disguise me voice. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, you've got good ears on you. My bird could never understand me when I tried to make changes. She always got so fooled. And I was always like, what the fuck? But you, you saw into me soul, Sarah. Well, I am looking forward to seeing into your soul, Mark Blankenship, not Teddy Ruxpin. Um, Teddy's gone for the day. He's when had you his t- fun. When, you t- when you're talking about why you selected what we're listening to today, and actually, now that I'm thinking about it, the presence of Teddy Ruxpin and his Cockney-esque accent does make a certain sort of sense. It does in a, in a weird... Yes, a poor imitation of something that a, a Brit might do is perhaps an appropriate way to start our conversation today. Oh, flames. <laughs> flames <laughs> licking at my sneaker toes. All right, what are we what are we doing? Today we are listening to the 2011 single Moves Like Jagger by Maroon 5 featuring Christina Aguilera. Um, hmm. <laughs> I, I'm going to say this. I am fascinated by Maroon 5. There have been times, including a recent trip that Andrew and I took to New Zealand, when I will listen to a playlist of Maroon 5 songs. And this song is can be on that playlist i certainly paid to download it in 2011 and yet i am aware as i am listening that what i am listening to is the absence of musical personality (laughs) and i find maroon 5 to be a very fascinating band for this reason because they launched their career with an album called songs about jane that was filled with music that though recognizable in its genre of poppy rock also seemed to have some distinct musical qualities. There was Adam Levine's interesting, notable, recognizable voice. There were some really beautiful melodies in there. But then after a few years, Maroon 5, as it moved further and further into a more traditional rock direction started to lose its hold on the charts and so in 2011 as their third album was starting to do a big flopperooski and had only (laughs) produced a number 14 peaking peaking single called misery around this time adam levine became a judge on the first or coach i guess i should say on the first season of the voice and in the midst of the run of the first season of the voice Moves Like Jagger was released, and it revitalized the band almost overnight, 
thanks thanks to its appearance on The Voice, I've often said that the only people who ever have any sort of musical boost from appearing on The Voice are the coaches. Right. And this song also was a return to form chart-wise for Christina Aguilera. And then what happened after is Maroon 5 went further and further in the direction of this song, meaning, well, before I say more, let's listen to a clip, and then I will finish this intro monologue, Sarah, and then I will stand back for a moment. But first, let's listen to a clip. Listening to this clip, listeners, if you haven't heard the song before or haven't heard it in a while, perhaps you notice that Adam Levine's voice has been, I think, intentionally computerized to the point that it loses a lot of its nuance. The disco beat is so mechanized that it doesn't have any feeling of organic music. The pulse and pace of the music is so aggressive that there's no space to breathe or even to really dance. It's almost like too fast to dance to in a weird way. And this to me emblematizes everything that Maroon 5 has done since then, because they are still as of 2018, a massively popular band. They've now been popular for 14 years or so, which is a really long time. And they've currently got the number two single in America as we record this, which is a generic song called girls like you featuring Cardi B because now they always have somebody featured on the songs. And like every song that they ever write, this song, that song, they're all about either lust or sexual jealousy, sometimes both. And you just know every single time what you're going to get. You're going to get a super computerized, processed, inoffensive, and unchallenging dance song that's going to be it might be a little slower it might be a little faster some of them might have a different tempo slightly but at the end of the day it's going to be this sonic wash so that if you are like me on a treadmill in new zealand and you just want to let your mind wander with some inoffensive thump thump sounds they are the perfect band and yet though i have listened to many of their songs many many times i don't know that i would say i like any of their songs and this is why I find them so fascinating. It's like they fill this niche in the culture. Like, we need forgettable, bland, and utterly personality-free songs to get us through the day sometimes. And Maroon 5 is always there to serve them to us. Sarah, thus ends my introductory monologue in Mark's complicated feelings about Maroon 5. Um, my feelings about Maroon 5 are not that complicated. <laughs> um, if I am invited to write it by Adam Levine, I am writing it. 
Oh, period. twice, uh, twice a day, three times on Sunday. Oh my god! Ooh. all es- night, all especially day. when he's. Sometimes he doesn't shave his chest, and that's that's when I especially am mm. there for it. I mm. just, oh, I love a hairy chest. Yeah. Anyway, yes, he's hot and to me. He, yes, he is hot. He is. Uh, he has a certain, um, ch- like it's not oleaginous exactly, but he has a certain <laughs> charm that's a little bit. I don't know. Like this is someone who has been the best looking person in any room his entire life like there was no awkward phase so there is a certain um confidence and like assertive winning but also automatic winning over that he's doing that is effective like i uh, you know i am won over by him and he's always got his shirt off too there's like that that sort of preening like jagger i suppose mick jagger quality yeah, it's like he's a little bit dirty, a little bit sexy, but he's also kind of friendly and charismatic, but you know it's just going to be for today, and okay, okay. Well, but it would also be like if you d- proposed anything, even remotely, like reverse cowgirl, he'd be like, whoa, 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 babe. And he'd be <laughs> like, dude, really? <laughs> it's, it's 2018 and this is this is what we're doing because i think i outweigh you and i i get to decide now what happens <laughs> that's terrible um consent only but that people. being said yeah he comes across as like a fairly nice guy to me like he, he doesn't seem like a dickhead or anything. yeah yeah no, like, no 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 i don't think he's yeah i don't think he's but like yeah he's like or manipulative i think he's just sort of very used to having his shirt off and having that be a successful way of being in the world. So here's the thing. This video is fucking unbearable. If you choose to listen to the whole song, do not do so with the visuals. It is like, it made me not realize until I was like halfway through the song that as much as I wanted very badly to hate it, I don't, I like it. I like the song a lot. I added it to my iTunes playlist um, for old lady walks. It's a, it, you're right. It is paced a little strangely. You can't really bug out to it, but it has a drive to it. That is good. If you're just walking through the neighborhood and looking around and you want something generic, it is that. Yes. I would live for a like six or seven minute dance remix of this that puts Christina further in front because that gives it, I like, I think she probably did this, her part of this song by phone, literally. Like, th- I mean, this is not someone who even has to be fully conscious to render what she renders in this song. Right. But it's still so much more, it, you know, it's like someone interrupted Hal, like a human being interrupted Hal and was like, yes. Like no, Dave. I I really am sorry that we can't do that. We we still can't do that. I'm afraid, but I like we're sincerely sorry. Our bad. Instead of just you know hell. Oh, Susan. Right. I know. Uh, I mean, look, this song. This song is fascinating. I think for the reasons that you describe or like that their output is fascinating because it's like they only really do a couple of things well they don't do them so much better than anyone else and they don't do anything else so i have to i have to admire a that he was like oh i'm doing this voice thing 
right because right. you know what what you do not bring forth cannot save you but uh also that there is a there is that like there is that large sort of middle chunk of our aural musical wallpaper lives that is occupied by whatever Zed is doing or whatever it used to be, whatever (laughs) Hootie and the Blowfish were doing or not spin doctors. There was another band where it was like, you heard them all the time, but you knew nobody who owned the CD. Right. And you couldn't name a single member of the band. Uh, Imagine Dragons is in that place right now as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Zed. Yes, like, yes, that it's like, and I actually like Zed, and we did cover in our stay, stay episode, yeah. yeah. But then the current Zed thing featuring someone else, which is oh, number one um, again this week with Marin Morris, um, the middle, yeah. Why don't you just meet me in the that's a that's in actually a song that I have also. I listen to that when I'm running, and it's pleasant, and I'd like it, but I don't have to pay attention to it. Yes. Exactly. And like I like the Alessia Cara iteration of this better, but it's just an iteration. Like this is what Zed does. He gets a female vocalist and he, you know, works this magic on it and then cut to Planet Fitness where you're like, oh, I don't mind this. But it's the same thing every time. And that thing is fine. It's sort of like we used to call this... um, Tara Ariano and Dave Cole and I, uh, my partners at Previously.TV, when we were uh, many, many years ago in Los Angeles, like trying to turn then Television Without Pity into a daily show type TV show. Mm -hmm. Spoiler, this failed. But we had like a ritual before these pitch meetings, no matter where we were in town uh, in Los Angeles, we would go to the closest Starbucks, um, which we didn't like as much as Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf, but... We knew what it was going to be like it's right. exactly the same. Every time they have exactly the same snacks, like the pink cake pop is good. The coffee's going to be a little burnt and sludgy, but it's going to, you know, wake you up and then you have a little sugar rush and then you go in there and act like you could be put in charge of a show. Maybe we should have switched it up and tried to find a Duncan. I don't know, but <laughs> there is something, there is something about that, like, we just called it like the Starbucks principle. It's why people in Paris, Americans in Paris, go to a Burger King on the Champs Elysees. It's not because they're xenophobes. They just know what it is. And sometimes right. when you're in a foreign land, you're like, I know what that is and I'm going to go there. Um, who, like Hootie and the Blowfish, uh, Jag on TV. Yes. It's like they're not doing anything that special, but Jag, I think Jag is actually the closest analog to Maroon 5 because it's like it's fronted by a good-looking, unthreatening guy. And I think technically we actually canceled this five years ago, but they keep showing up for work, and so I guess we'll keep putting it on the air. Like, why not? It's not hurting anyone. Right. And this is right. the same same principle. Um yeah, like I have or no like, problem with this song. I really enjoyed it. I was bugging out a little bit in my chair, but um, if like a single tiny micro droplet of water got into my phone and deleted this song, I'm not going to buy it again. <laughs> and that's it's, where we are with it's that. so it's so true, right? Like I, I would never. <laughs> it's right. Like I might have bought little earthquakes in every possible configuration, but I would never 
go through the effort of reacquiring an, a Maroon 5 song because I would just wait for the next one to come out and it would be essentially the same as the one I lost and it would become a, a, a draw, basically. Yeah. And occasionally my, um, for whatever reason, sometimes Shazam, usually if Shazam doesn't know what something is, it just says, we don't know what that is, try again. But occasionally it won't know what it is and it'll say it's Maroon 5. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> but it was like, well, it was Maroon 5 the last couple of times. Like, no, it was actually Zed, but yes, thank you. But thank I see, but I see your point, Shazam. Yeah. I will say. Well, I, I have, oh, go ahead. One thing that I just find fascinating, though, is that for all of their generic qualities, it has consistently been Maroon 5 for almost a decade and a half now that it's just always them. And I, they must, they've got something going on. Like Adam Levine has worked something out and his songwriting cadre. Like, I do respect the fact that as we've been reaching for Jag on the radio, they've been the ones that have given us what we wanted. Yes, like that they are the they, ones that come into your hand. Ooh, phrasing. <laughs> Speaking of moving like Jagger, jeez. Oh, but yeah, it's like good. You know, good on them for figuring out a way to make it be them for year after year after year. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, now I have two questions for you. Um, yes. So I'll take the second one first because it's related to what we were just talking about. Do you feel that um, Zed is coming for Maroon Five in that regard? Or if not Zed, do you do you feel like maybe like whenever you get into a an Uber or a Lyft, is there that song that you're hearing or that artist that you're hearing a little more often that you're like, hmm, maybe Maroon Five's mm. lane is about to be taken over by someone else who is going to be the jag of? Well, here's the thing: I have made an incorrect prediction about the end of Maroon 5's popularity many times. So it's like betting against Meryl Streep getting an Oscar nomination, I feel, at this point. I'm not ever going to be confident in saying that they're going to go away. But it feels like it's got to end eventually. I mean, nobody's career in pop music lasts forever. And they've been around again since 2004. So I feel like it, it's probably coming soon. I feel like if Imagine Dragons, like I said earlier, if they decide to pivot toward a more pop sound on their next album. It could very well be them. Uh, so I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they were usurped. I'm not exactly sure I know who the the next iteration of them is going to be. I mean, people like Zed are a good guess, but because Zed is a producer and not a singer or anything, it's like, eh, I don't know. I would have said maybe the Chainsmokers, but then they seem yeah. to have just had their time and now they're gone. So Maroon 5, yet the, the corpse of the Chainsmokers lays at their feet as yet another example of their success in the Game of Thrones pop edition. Huh. Okay. Well, here is my, here's my next question. Oh, yes, um, please. Uh, how do you feel about the invocation of Mick Jagger? Ha! <laughs> right. Because is, here's the thing. Yeah. I feel that Mick Jagger probably thinks that it's pretty cute like they do have a lot of footage of him in the video and that yes. shit is not free um and my sense based mostly on that sitcom which wind, wound up being called knights of prosperity starring yes. donal Logue, and i was the only one who watched it um, i remember that they were gonna rob mick jagger's house yeah and that was what it was originally called and mick jagger was still gonna come and be on it as like a fence or something and then it got right. canceled 
not my fault. Watch every episode. Um, but Mick Jagger seems to have like a, you know, fairly unself serious take on his own oh, place yeah. in the unit that he's like, I am a very bright star in this firmament, but you know, I like, I've had a pretty good life. And if people want to sort of play on me and my persona, I don't have to care about that because I am Mick Jagger still. So do whatever you want. So I don't think it bothers him. It did strike me as a little bit sad. I have follow-up thoughts on that. But what was your feeling about it? Were you just like, oh, you know, don't step to that king? Or were you like, well, this is what Maroon 5 does? What was your, what's your feeling about that? Uh, this brings me back to why I wanted to talk about this song specifically, because I remember so clearly at the time thinking, well, they are trying to rebrand themselves. And the first thing that they're doing is trying to cop the shine of someone else. Sure. And I just felt like it was very much, I don't even want to say cynical because I don't know that that's possible anymore in this, <laughs> in pop music, but I, it was just a very overt up attempt to change the marketing language around the band is my was always my thinking. Like, you know what? We're going to make a sexy song. We're going to reference Mick Jagger. We're going to put Christina Aguilera on there. We're going to put all this. Sh- like, if you're older, you can like Mick Jagger. If you like Christina, Ag- Christina Aguilera, we got that for you. If you like a disco beat here. It's like it was just one of the many things that they tried to do to make this song bulletproof. And it worked. Right. Because there have been plenty of good songs that don't succeed. And this is a good song, like you said, and like I was saying, it's like, it's a good song. But this is a good song that became a massive hit, and it helps that they went ahead and got Mick Jagger on there, X-Tina, all of that. I mean... The you, insurance policy. You really can't go it. wrong putting that, put, you know, having that be your song title, like just from Google search alone. Um, right. And, like, he does have one move that's like Jagger, which is he's pretty clearly not wearing drawers, and yeah. uh, <laughs> I am not objecting. Just observing closely. In as much as you can pay attention to anything in that video, as you said, because it's every 0.5 seconds, there's a new cut. Yeah. Um, people with a seizure disorder or adjacent disorders may want to beware. But I would also say, based on that video and a couple of split-second faces that Adam Levine makes at the camera, that's that it could be ironic that he knows full well that there's absolutely no comparing anyone's moves to jaggers oh yeah he's just like but he would probably be the first to be like oh yeah we just you know this too was a clickbait deal where it's like all right let's draw the comparison and the ire because there's no such thing as bad press and even if a dj is playing it to bitch about it she's still playing it so yeah i think that's probably fair because it does seem to me like Adam Levine is not the kind of person who would honestly say, I am the next Mick Jagger. I think he's, he comes across as a little too self-effacing for that. Mm, so yeah. yeah, I would buy that. Mm. Hmm. Final thought before, well, maybe not the final thought, but another thought I want to make sure we don't overlook. If you're a fan of Project Runway, you may remember the designer, Amanda Valentine, who has been on, on like 51 seasons of oh, the show gosh. now. Yeah. She's always coming back. Her brother is... In Maroon Five, he is the guitarist oh, James yeah. Valentine. So she has mentioned that a couple of times. So Maroon Five and Amanda Valentine, 
do they fill the same role in their various uh, in their various <laughs> fields? Who can say? Thoughts thoughts welcome in uh, call for uh, an RFP request for proposals <laughs> out now for further study. Oh man! So Amanda Valentine is the jag of Project Runway. Okay. Yeah, I mean, always coming back and pleasant enough. Keep trying to cancel her, but she just won't leave. Y'all, Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs is hosted by Mark Blankenship, a.k.a. me, and Sarah D. Bunting, and it's edited by Sarah D. Bunting as well. Do you want to talk to Mark and Sarah about song requests, ads, or birthday readings? Email us at talkaboutsongs at gmail.com, tweet us at TalkSongs, or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash mastus.podcast. To become a supporter and producer of this podcast, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash mastus, where you can get access to all kinds of cool bonus content and vote in our ranking episodes. Thanks for listening. about songs they talk 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 about talk about songs thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube